it's time again for another episode of Dr. Movie, where it's uh, reviews with me in a car, driving down the road, talking about movies. That's, uh, that's, that's what I do, people. Part of the time, I don't know. You know, people always say, uh, I got too much on my plate. <laughs> well... I'm one of those that, you know, when the plate gets too full, I just buy a platter, right? So I'm trying to fill up the platter, and that's kind of what's happening here. Hope everybody's doing well. We got another uh, listener request. This one comes from Aaron Edgel, and he wanted me to cover the 1977 uh, box office international film, The Child. Now, Box Office International. Uh, kind of infamous in a way. Uh, <laughs> their list of movies is quite questionable when you look at it. Uh, I really believe it's one of those companies that started, you know, it's, it's kind of making the low budget kind of drive-in features. Uh, started off with a little bit of dignity and then the sexual revolution happened and that kind of bled over into their flicks. And, uh, when I say that, I mean like, oh, microphone just came off. Uh, have you ever heard of the movie The Sinful Dwarf? <laughs> That's what I think of when I think of uh, Box Office International. If you haven't seen The Sinful Dwarf, uh, you're best not to. Uh, that's the only way I can really put it. But uh, that's that's kind of an infamous film all on its own. I mean, they had some other films you might have heard of, but that's the one that stands out to me as far as just how crazy things got for that company. But with that aside, this movie is pretty tame when it comes to any kind of sexual exploits. Uh, like I said, 1977, and y'all know for me, that's that sweet spot, right, that I just absolutely love in movie making. Uh, it's called The Child, and... Not a lot to talk about cast-wise, but let's look at uh, let's look at our synopsis or what there is of one here. A 1930s widower hires a, a governess uh, for his daughter, whose uh, name is Rosalie, who can sam- summon de- uh, summon demons, summon zombies. Yeah, that's really where you don't see this going when it starts off. Um, I know Aaron, when he brought this one up, he was talking about how this movie really freaked him out when he was a kid. I, to me, it's still pretty freaky, even now. Um, there's something about these movies that are still grainy. You hear the crackling and popping of the film when it, when it was transferred. You know, it's obviously not a, <laughs> not a HD transfer by any means, right? Uh, but it still has that drive-in kind of feel to it, which adds to the folklore of it. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot to unpack in this movie. Uh, I'm sure I won't get to all of it, because again, I'm trying to focus on driving and talk about this at the same time. But surprisingly, uh, this is one of those movies that I like to say, when we talk about doing remakes, to me, this is the kind of movie that you could grab and make a remake of, and make it pretty successfully. Stop remaking the classics because it's already been done and you're not going to top what's been done. I'm sorry. You're just not. 
because that's the whole reason you're remaking it in the first place because of the namesake. This is one of those movies where all the elements are there. They probably weren't done to the best of their potential at the time that you could really tap into and, and upgrade. With that being said, some of the creepiness of this film, I don't think you can recapture just because of the time frame when it was done. And, you know, creativity before capital. Uh, that's a saying we use a lot at work. And it's true. Uh, I'll use a musical reference here. Um, I've seen guys, guitar players, that'll come in and have the most expensive Marshall rack. You know, half stack, top of the line amp, top of the line guitar, top of the line effects, and it sound like crap. Then I've seen other guys that'll come in with a $30 crate amp. <laughs> I'm dating myself with crate, right? Uh, or let's just say a really cheap amp, a mediocre guitar, and just a couple of foot switches and can get every sound out of the world out of it and sound like a million bucks. With that being said is what I mean is what I mean by creativity by without capital. Or, or yeah, yeah, creativity before capital. Getting everything you can out of what you've got. In other words, really knowing what you're doing. So low-budget people had to find a way to make these things happen. And I think this movie is a perfect example of that. Uh, this starts off, you see this young lady walking out in the woods. I say young lady, she's, I don't know, 10, 11. And she's carrying a, a basket or whatever. And she stops at this tombstone, and she's got a kitten. And she takes the kitten, and she kind of sets it up on top of the tombstone. And all of a sudden, you see this hand come up and grab the kitten, which is a kind of black corroded, decomposed looking hand. Again, it, it doesn't really give away what's going on. I know I gave it away the synopsis. But, uh, you see it take the kitten and pull it down back behind the tombstone. You're like, wow, is it is it eating the kitten? I mean, what's going on here, right? And, uh, and that leads to the young lady we see, uh, that's driving the car down the road. And, uh, She's the, the caretaker that they've hired to come watch over the daughter because the mother has passed away. But uh, she has car issues and ends up uh, walking to the next house, which this elderly lady lives at by herself. And she kind of talks about you know the area, and apparently this, this young lady that's, that's coming there has grown up around that area before, so she knows it pretty well, but things have changed, of course. And... Uh, the, the, the elderly lady kind of gives her a warning or two about, you know, you got to watch it around here. Some train things, strange things have been going on. Don't walk out here at night. You get the whole American werewolf speech of, you know, not beware of the moon, but stay on the path. Don't be out past dark because bad things happen, right? Well, she makes it to the house that she's supposed to go to and meets the father. And it's basically the father... And his son, who's about the same age as this young lady is. And then the young daughter, which is the, the 11-year-old Rosalie we were talking about that was out in the tombstone earlier. And, of course, this movie is called The Child because we're talking about the child. And she's doing weird, goofy things. I wouldn't say goofy, but just weird things. And uh, 
the young lady goes upstairs to, to just see who it is she's going to be working with. She's already in bed. And uh, while she's standing there, a jack-in-the-box kind of pops open by itself, right? And then the young girl wakes up and goes, who are you? What are you doing here? And uh, so, long story short, tries to, to uh, befriend the little girl, but that doesn't go too well. And not only does this little girl have friends that she goes and visits out in the graveyard, but she's also got some uh, some powers. Uh, being able to move things with her mind, things like that. Which is really where you think this thing is going. <laughs> when this movie is getting set up and getting moving, you spend time with the little girl. When she gets upset, she does the crazy carry thing, right? She'll make a milk bottle top come off the, the bottle of milk or whatever without even touching it. Things like that, right? So that's really where you think this thing is going. And then it just takes a hard left turn <laughs> in the Nutsville. And uh, there's the whole backstory of the mother passing away. So you're thinking, wow, is, is she going out and spending time with her mom? Is that what's going on here? It does a really good job of kind of keeping you in the dark of what's happening in this flick. I don't know if that was intentional or if it was a flaw, but to its credit, it works. And uh, it's a... Uh, sorry, I'm going around a big curve here. Um, of course, the uh, the young guy, you know, the, the, the younger male of the family, and uh, this young lady ends up becoming friends, hanging out together, a little love interest possibly. And... Um, so the little girl doesn't like that at all, right? Because this girl is supposed to be there to take care of her and, and nobody else. But at the same time, she yells at her like, well, you can't tell me what to do. You're not my mom. So it's a kind of a catch-22. Spoiled little brat, obviously. But again, with a little girl like this, she's got powers. You're not going to mess with her too much. She ends up uh, upset at the old lady that lives next door or however far away it is and pays her a little visit and the strange thing about it is she pulls up in a car <laughs> and uh, you don't see who's driving the little girl's not driving I don't think because she's on the passenger side but she gets out of the car and she's like I brought my friends and they want to pay you a visit because you don't see who the friends are but you just hear the lady kind of scream and she's running through the house trying to, trying to hide and eventually they get her and I do have to say this. The uh, the effects, you know, when, when, when the ghouls or whatever finally get a hold of her, they're pretty gruesome. And you can, you can see, because it kind of lingers on them a little too long, you can kind of see what they did. They just built up the prosthetics on the face. But again, it, it's, it's, you know, by means of necessity of just trying to figure out how to do it. But I tell you what, for this time frame and low budget, it's pretty dang gruesome. And uh, they're really big on missing eyeballs. You kind of see that throughout this movie as far as when things happen. So now you get the old lady dead. And it, it keeps narrowing down. Well, there's not a whole lot of cast in this movie. So again, this is that, that 70s kind of slow burn, right? Because 
you only got a handful of people in the movie, so you're not going to get a kill every 15 minutes like you do in a Friday the 13th or anything like that. So that's kind of where you're, you're just kind of chugging along. And it gets to where the daughter gets upset at the father. And guess what? My friends are going to pay you a visit. You're going to be sorry. Well, sure enough, the uh, young boy and young girl, I say young, they're, you know, 20s or so, come into the house. Dad comes staggering from upstairs. And guess what? Half his face is missing. And an eyeball. So they got him too. So they jump in the car. And you still haven't seen the first person ghoul, zombie, whatever these things are at this point. So they run outside, they jump in the car, and again, this is supposed to be based in the 30s, right? So all the cars are the old style where you're having to manually crank them, all this kind of stuff. It's an interesting twist on the storytelling here. And uh, they jump in the car and they take off. You got a lot of day for night going on here. But the car ends up getting ran off the road. They kind of get stuck. And then we see these creatures. And I will say, and I know it's just basic makeup stuff, these things are creepy looking. So, again, kudos to this film. Because once you see these things, you really don't forget them. They are absolutely their own thing. And again, I'm not for sure... If it was just cheaply done to get by, I'm sure it was, just because of the, the nature of these films. But sometimes those stars align, right? You get the lightning in the bottle. It really does work in this movie. And uh, I haven't seen this in a long, long time. So to watch it again, I was really surprised at the creepy factor of this movie. still really works. And... Uh, I don't want to give much more away because, again, the whole point of this is for you to go check these movies out for yourself. But I tell you what, Aaron, this is an excellent choice. And I, I think this thing holds up. And like I said, I, I think somebody should take this and run with it. This would be an excellent remake. Uh, it throws you the curveballs again because you think we're going to a kind of a Carrie-type story because of the abilities the girl has. But she has this connection with the dead that uh, is unique. And um, somebody could really run with that and turn this into something. So uh, that's pretty much my take on this. Again, you need to check it out. It says it's on Tubi. It's kind of hard to find. Uh, I just watched it on YouTube. So you can find it out there. I, I recommend this one. I really do. I think you need to check it out. Like I said, Slow Burn low-grade movie, but it really does pay off, to, I think. So, uh, check this one out. It's called The Child, 1977. I'm going to give this a... I'm going to give it a 3 out of 5. Right? I liked it. I would almost give it a 4. I, I would say that I really liked it. I think it's one of those that you can a actually share with... Well, I, I recommended it, so there you go. That's, that's my thoughts on it. Uh, I think this is kind of a, a hidden gem of some sort. Uh... You know, it may not it may not do it for you because again of whatever age group you grew up with watching movies, but when you put this back into the drive in mindset, what makes Night of the Living Dead so awesome is when it came out and how it just holds true to what it's doing. I kinda feel that way with this one too. 
And there wasn't a lot of zombie flicks coming out of, you know, the late 60s all the way through the 70s till, you know, till we really get uh, Dawn of the Dead. So this is one of those hidden ones, man. I can't say it enough. There you go, The Child. Y'all need to check it out, folks. Till then, if you got any recommendations, make sure you share them with me on Facebook, Instagram, uh, however you want to reach to me. Just let me know. Be glad to do them. Folks, y'all have a good day, and we will check you later.